listening to the podcast 82488. He would grind and pour, slice and drown, and at the end there would be a little green paper packet of immortality for the old man, cunningly folded to be tucked into a sleeve or a jacket. And that was a selection from the novel Siren Queen by author Page 8 Chapter 2 You might say that my family is in the business of immortality. My father came from a long line of apothecaries and sorcerers. There were no imperial appointments, nothing as grand as a jade seal or a French house in Beijing. But they did well for themselves ensuring some kind of small immortality for magistrates and country governors. Even after he came to the United States, he kept with him a tortoise shell cabinet that was second in reference only to the family altar. It gleamed black and colloquial, with 30 small drawers on the front and at least 15 secret hidden ones throughout. It contained a continent's wealth of dinosaur bones, mercury captive in small vials, powders, and tinctures of all kinds. Once in a while, an old man would come from the Chinatown, bent and with all of his weight carried by the two hands clasped at the small of his back. There would be an aired conversation with my father in the alley in the back, which we shared with a Polish tailor. These old men sat stoically on the rickety wooden chair we kept in the back while my father reached for his cabinet. He would grind and pour, slice and drown, and at the end there would be a little green paper packet of immortality for the old man, cunningly folded to be tucked into a sleeve or a jacket. My father spoke often of our ancestor, Wu Li Wan. Page 24. He looked after her anxiously until she was out of sight and then shaking his head, he returned to the set. My sister and I went to the Comquay to see Jackson's Corner when it came out. I would never have known what movie I had appeared in if I hadn't heard the name mentioned after my short scene. It was my bread and butter, fair for the time. Maya Fosante was a woman with a past, looking to make amends, and the male lead turned out to be Raymond Reeves, forgettable but with a fairly admirable profile. The movie was like any I had seen, but suddenly I recognized the set changed to Baker Street, which in this movie served for the streets of Hell's Kitchen. My body jerked like a fish on a hook when I heard my cue again. The camera found my skinny form pelting around the corner, barefoot, and I watched face flashy red as I skidded to a halt. Please, came a childish piping voice through the Comquay's tiny speakers, and my arm by my side itched as its twin rolls on the screen. It was exactly what Jackal had needed it to be trying patho in a wistful eyes 
from an audience that was just likely to spit on a beggar as to give her money. More important, of course, was Maya Vosande herself kneeling down to kiss my forehead. In that moment and out of it, I felt the brush of something true there, something larger than life and far better. She was generous. She was pure. She was a woman with a past, but her heart was still kind enough to wrap around a skinny little beggar child. She was a benediction, and again I felt strangely and mysteriously blessed. None of Maya Vosante's films survived, of course. They were lost in the great fires that took so many of the kings and queens of Hollywood. There were some rumors about hers. The Jackson's Corner, Dream of Wild Days, She Demands Her Way, and all the others were sacrificed to John Ephraim's revenge long after they could do anything to stop him. She disappeared before her films did, and there weren't even any rumors about it, none that I heard. Page 88. I might be ahead of the graduated janglings of glamour all over the doors like newly hatched lizards and the open call starlets who had had their names stripped away, but my feeling of elation at being at Wolf Studios tangled with the fear of how far I had yet to climb. In the weeks since my meeting with her, Mrs. Wiley's blood-stained teacup and satisfied smile crept into my dreams. Twenty years, that was a lifetime. It was my life back to my birth and beyond, and I was realizing it was no small thing I had gambled away. I was in a hurry and I had no way to start. When I didn't answer her, she entered my room without speaking and leaned down to face me. Her movements were graceful in spite of the bandaged swaths around her but she missed the balance of her luxurious tale. She was foreign to me, just as I was foreign to others. She had a round moon face, her heavy breasts, straining the loose shirt she wore. Under it, I could see the slight hang of her belly and her heavy thighs. She had a lunar beauty rather than a human one, and people looking at her could drown in it still confused by the bull of this one fat and lovely girl. We are in this together, right? She said. Shall we be friends? Is it really that easy? I asked. I wanted to sound tough, but it came out slightly wistful instead. I didn't have friends. I had never really felt their lag, or at least that was what I told myself. She smiled sweetly and took my hand in hers. She smelled faintly of milk and honey and something warmer as well. Later, I realized that she was still very much on painkillers when we were having this conversation. Of course it is. Men's cat. Nothing's hard but life, eh? The End Siren Queen By author Ni Bo Website 82488.com. That's 82488.com.
That's numbers eight, two, 